0: Welcome to the FPS Podcast Series. This is podcast number 46. We're going to talk economic price adjustments and what contractors should know about them. My name is Todd Hatherly, and I'm the Director of Programming for Federal Publication Seminars. We're a leader in federal government contract training and professional development for the past 60 years. And every year, we train thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on the legal, regulatory, compliance, and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through our nationwide classroom programs, online and in-house sessions. Really, these podcasts are just a small sampling of important content you as a contracting professional can expect from attending a program with FPS. Whether it's in person or online, live or on demand, you cannot find a source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge and content anywhere. So please visit us at fedpubseminars.com for more information. And today joining me is John Hinman. He's the director from the consulting firm, RSM. John, how are you today? Hey, Todd, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? And I said Hinman, I should be Hindman, right? Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I do that all the time with your name. John's been a uh, instructor for us in the past and he is with the RSM, as like I mentioned. So you may see him in a classroom sometime in the near future. But John, uh, thank you again for joining. Let's talk about economic price adjustments. And uh, give me a kind of a rundown where we're at, because uh, just like in our normal household life of economics, we, we've seen prices going up, skyrocketing at the grocery store, at the gas pump, uh, pretty much wherever you, re, 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 you see it's been going up. So let's let's talk a little bit. How does this impact our federal contractors? Sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's been, it's pretty crazy out there. And um, you know, just from the, what we've seen going on in the economy and, you know, government contractors, you know, really aren't so different from us or any other, you know, commercial companies or, or, you know, folks selling outside the government, we're all kind of seeing inflation, the the lasting impacts of, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. Think about things like workforce and where people are working these days, you know, the, right. the impact to the Commercial real estate market, great resignation, war in Ukraine, all that stuff is really just kind of piling up to where prices are kind of going crazy. And while our government contractor friends are like many of us, they they still have to kind of navigate some of this through the the federal regulation and federal procurement process, which is a you know, it's a little different. But in some ways, actually not a bad thing, because there there are ways out there that those regulations kind of address this
0: particular type of circumstance right yeah because as a commercial business if you are you can raise a price and not flinch and just pass that price on to the consumer but in as a federal contractor you might be stuck in a you know or stuck or you might have a firm fixed price contract or something like that which hopefully has a clause in there for price adjustments right yeah and you'd be surprised that you know not a lot of them do
1: or at least uh, not recently and and that's why this this topic is kind of a, a hot topic right now on the whole economic price adjustment front um you know a, a lot of how the procurement regulations handle pricing and and cost is through contract type um and so there's you know the way that the federal government buys things you know i'll, I'll generalize it and say it's either kind of on a on some type of fixed price basis or on a cost reimbursement basis, where you get your cost uh, recovered by the government, um, even things like your time and material and labor hour contracts, those, those rates that you get for your labor are fixed. So I'll throw those you know, kind of in the fixed price bucket. From a government contract perspective, if you've got a bunch of cost reimbursement work, that's actually kind of a safe space to play right now. Um, it's, a, it's a good spot where the, the government is essentially taking on all the cost risk by reimbursing your actual costs, so even though your actual costs are going up, the government is ultimately reimbursing those as it goes up. So you'll have to watch your contract funding and, and uh, cost limitations and things like that. But generally, you're okay there. It's really the fixed price contracts where government contractors feel the squeeze because you know every every dollar of cost that goes up is a potential impact to their profit on those contracts. And so you know historically. Decades ago, when inflation was crazy, you might have seen a lot more use of the economic price adjustment clauses. Um, and there's still some today. Um, but but really what we're talking about is how do we how do we handle this going forward um, and you know, making sure that we get some pricing clauses into our contract that that provide some relief.
0: Right. So give us so, a little background on experience and what, what we were seeing right now. Yeah.
1: So depending on the circumstances, you know, I've, I've had a number of um, contractors reach out or, and you hear a lot about contractors looking for, you know, well, can I get a request for equitable adjustment on my contract? Trying to figure out how do we get some some relief here? Um, generally speaking, REAs are, are kind of designated for when there's, you know, a, a change in circumstance or a change in the contract that the government caused. Uh, that the contractor should be equitably adjusted for, but really not appropriate under the circumstances here. So then we look to the economic price adjustment clauses. So as contractors are, are kind of thinking in pricing new contracts, especially where, you know, we're talking about a longer term fixed price arrangement, how do we bake in some protection there and and that's really where the economic price adjustment clauses come into play and and those are those are addressed it's not you know not really a new concept maybe just one that you know hasn't been a topic of as much discussion as we're having now for a long time um, but they're addressed in FAR Part 16, um, and really, economic price adjustment clause is designed to allow for upward or downward revision of contract type based on some specified contingency in the contract. So actually, it can it can go either way. It's basically just a, aligning some elements of the contract costs to be incurred, whether it's labor or material. To, to some uh, market condition to protect both the contractor and the government and essentially, you know, ties it to uh, typically to like some type of cost index or published market prices, or even um, adjustments can be made based on, you know, actual cost experience of the contractor. But, the, but that's kind of the gist of the clause is it, it, it provides for some, some price adjustments up or down uh, depending on what's happening in the market to provide the contractors some relief from having to figure out ahead of time how much inflation is there going to be that I have to predict for?
0: It appears the government's pretty, you know, government I don't think wants any business to go out of a of, of business or not work with them on contracts, just makes more of a mess for them as well. So they're willing to work with uh, contractors on EPAs, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. And actually, there, there's been not a ton of guidance, but at least a little bit of guidance coming out over the last couple of months that are, you know, addressing the use of um, economic price adjustment clauses. So um, DOD actually issued recently um, toward the end of May um, some guidance to contracting officers um, addressing the use of economic price adjustment clauses. Uh, presumably because, it, you know, I'm sure they're getting a lot of uh, inquiry within the department itself. There's actually a, a few things that they address in there, um, really reminding contracting officers that if there's cost reimbursement contracts, that they the contractors should be notifying them as their cost limitations and funding limitations are being reached so that the, the contracting officers can prepare accordingly whether to adjust those contract ceilings up or not or whether to add additional funding and also reminding them that contractors not required to continue performance um, once the costs or funds have been reached. Um, And then kind of moving on to the the guidance moves on to firm fixed price contracts and a reminder there too, like I, I mentioned before on the REAs, but a reminder to contracting officers that... For a firm fixed price contract, the contractor, you know, bears the risk of cost increases, and that you know REAs aren't really meant for uh, inflation related adjustments. Um, so it it kind of lays that out there too. And and then finally, it, it goes into the use of economic price adjustment clauses. It's actually encouraging contracting officers to consider those, especially. For longer contracts, I think, um, you know, it refers back to the, there's a DFARS guidance and um, DFARS 216, you know, essentially that the contract duration is the key consideration. It should generally be more than six months. Um, So, you know, provide some guidance there. It provides a lot of guidance on the actual um, formation of those clauses and what should go in there and what the consideration should be, what should be the base uh, baseline for contract adjustments. And so that, that's kind of the, the DOD guidance. And then interestingly, GSA also issued some guidance uh, pretty early on uh, this year back in March. So a couple months ahead of DOD, um, but I think their guidance was geared more towards the contractors who were um, Uh, pulling items off the federal supply schedules, you know, out of concern for um, selling at a loss. And so uh, GSA actually issued uh, some guidance to their contracting officers as well to provide flexibility on their economic price adjustment clauses on those federal supply schedule contracts um, to allow for some leniency on um, increasing prices um, and the um, basically, you know, gave some flexibility in the actual administration of those economic price adjustment clauses. So we're definitely seeing this addressed um, by some of the federal agencies and and contracting officers at least uh, being encouraged to consider um, those contract types uh, for
0: their government contractors. Not only current contracts, but uh, contracts that are being awarded now, uh, especially ones being awarded now, should have the... You should look for that EPA clause within that contract.
1: Yeah, contractors that are are negotiating new contracts should definitely be looking to to negotiate that in. Which is it's interesting too um, when we talk about contract negotiation, the thought process is always around the the price negotiation. But contract type is part of that discussion, and and contractors should be open and having those negotiations with their. Um, government customers, and quite honestly, subcontractors um, should be having similar negotiations with prime contractors. If you're a subcontractor, you don't want to fall into, you know, fall into the trap of offering um, long-term supply agreements to the prime contractors without considering what your own impact is going to be um, from a cost perspective um, and, right. and thinking about whether it makes sense to have those types of adjustment clauses in your subcontract
0: agreement as well. Yep, I agree. John, give me uh, three takeaways. We're running out a little time, but just give me kind of three three pointers that our contractors could take away as they uh, think about the EPA's and uh, their contracts they have with the federal government. Sure.
1: I I think the first is, you know, contractors need to know what their contract portfolio looks like, what the contract types are. So really understand where your cost risk actually lies. So if you have a a heavy cost reimbursement um, portfolio, you're probably in decent shape. But identifying where those uh, your fixed price contracts are. When do those end? When does follow on work potentially get priced? And start to think about you know the the various contract types that might be available. It's more than just economic price adjustment. There's other types of clauses out there. But how do we negotiate a fair situation where we're going to be able to, to get our costs um, recovered in such an uncertain time? Um, and then the, the you know the next I would say is negotiate contract type. It, it should be open for discussion with your customers. Um, and and I guess you know to tag on to one of the last things I said. Uh don't forget about your supply base you you want to make sure that you're thinking about and and you might need to weave in some of those supplies uh supplier contracts uh into your economic price adjustment clause for consideration as as items of cost that may need to be adjusted in the future, so you need to be thinking about your supply chain don't take advantage of them, make sure they're protected as well, but also you know think about how that relates to the contracts that you're negotiating as a contractor with the
0: government. Excellent. Now, the, the other thing is obviously communication, right? So be open communication between you and your customer uh, mm-hmm. about, hey, I'm getting in a place where, where my my costs are rising faster than I thought. And, and I would think that uh, having those that open line of communication is going to go a long ways in resolving quickly the issues.
1: Yeah, I I agree. You need to have the the open line of communication. And, uh, you know, again, with the contract, we need to figure out what are the elements of performance going forward where we have cost uncertainty and and contractors and government need to work together uh, to figure out how they're going to handle that uncertainty for those specific elements and, and work together to come up with an equitable uh, solution um through the the contract clauses um and again like i said earlier you know economic price adjustment clauses can go up or down it, the the point is mm-hmm. to, to kind of take out any cost risk there and it can go it can benefit
0: um either way from a price perspective makes total sense when looking at the cost price uh, the epa clauses i see it it's, it's in the. Uh, Refer to FAR 16.203-4, and then D FARs it's 216.203-4. So for those that are listening, if you want to look those up, good place to start.
1: Absolutely, yep. You can always always rely on our uh, on our friend the FAR and um, and and our it's cousin the D FARs. Lots of good stuff in there. And like I said, you know earlier on, none of this is is New, but we're having to use uh, tools in the toolbox that perhaps we haven't used as much uh, recently.
0: Right. in A decade or so, unless you had yeah. some different uh, commodities and things that may have had the big, uh, big price swings. Exactly. The John, I appreciate your time. If any of our listeners would like to get a hold of you, uh, how would they do so?
1: Sure. Um, happy to, to have a discussion if anybody wants to uh, talk. Shop a little more. My email address is john.hindman
0: at rsmus.com. Thank you, John. And as always, if you have topics you wanted to, us to cover in a podcast, please send me a note at todd at com. Until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and read the bar.